Hey guys, I'm Esther, owner of Sarah Design. And I'm Jen, owner of Hello June Creative. Welcome to Better, the brand designer podcast. We're all about broadcasting conversations that support our design community and covering industry secrets and offering actionable advice. Just remember, the only designer you need to be better than is the one you were yesterday. Hey guys, welcome back to Better the Brand Designer Podcast. I am over the moon excited to welcome Kelsey McCormick from Coming Up Roses to the podcast today. Welcome. Thanks so much for having me. Of course. So Kelsey McCormick is the founder of Coming Up Roses, a template and intensive studio for good-natured service providers. She's also the co-founder of the brand agency All Else. Before she started her studios, she's tilled around in content marketing for the music industry for 10 years. Oh, hey, Coachella. So cool. Her job was to cultivate experiences, feelings, and memories through language and visuals. Now she gets to help her dream clients bloom. She lives in Los Angeles with her husband and her son, Neil. So before we get started into our intro question and all that stuff, I have to tell you that I am obsessed with your brand and not just the visuals, your copy and like everything that goes around coming up roses is just like, it's so branded to the name and the colors and the messaging. It just feels so like natural, like garden, organic, lively. And I wanted to talk with you a little bit about kind of your inspiration behind all of that stuff. Thanks so much for saying that. It really means a lot to hear. So I guess my inspiration, I love just the feeling of like playfulness and fun and vibrancy. I think those are like three elements that were really missing from my corporate career. I felt like I really had to kind of shapeshift into the culture of wherever I worked and I couldn't be myself. And I feel like there's a real like childlike aspect to my personality, like a real enthusiasm. I was always like the creative one growing up, you know? So when I started my own studio, I was like, how can I make this fun and vibrant and playful and a bit silly, not too serious? And I came up with the name Coming Up Roses. I I was living in Sydney at the time and I was hating my job there. And I would just like sing this little song to myself, like walking to the train every day, just being like, it's going to be okay. You're going to figure it out everything's going to come up roses eventually here because I just moved across the world. And I was like, why did I, you know, when you're like, this is going to be great. I'm going to like do this big adventure. And then you get there and you're like, wait, why did I do this? Why did I come here? Like my life was so great in LA and I had moved in 2018 with my husband just to like try it out. Yeah. Let's see what Sydney's like. And then I got there, had no friends, hated my job. (laughs) And I was like, wait, why did we do this? So I just kept singing this little song to myself like a mantra. I don't know where it came from, you know, it just like popped into my head. I think there was like a house next to ours that had like a huge rose bush. And I was like, it's going to be fine. It's going to be fine. And then when it came to starting my own business, I was like, what should the name be? And that popped into my head. And, I, and then I could picture the whole brand. That's what I tell my clients a lot. Like a great name is when you can picture like an entire brand around it. And I pictured the colors and the copy and like, it's a bit of a theme around like gardening and growing things. And, and yeah, I just made it fun. So I guess that's the inspiration. It kind of came out of a bit of a difficult time in my life, reestablishing myself in a foreign country. And then it grew into something that just really feels like me. I like one of my biggest driving forces in business is like being able to be myself because I feel like in the corporate environments that I used to work 
like I said, I would have to shapeshift and, and change my personality to fit the culture of those spaces. And I was like, if I am going to do my own thing, it's going to feel like unapologetically me. And sometimes that's a bit silly and fun and, and vibrant and colorful. And I feel like if you come in contact with coming up roses, you get a really good sense of like my essence and personality as a human. Oh, for sure. I mean, in just creeping on your website and your socials and and all that stuff, I've never seen a website that looks like yours or talks like yours or feels like yours, you know? And so I feel like, I mean, we talk often about positioning and messaging and we've actually just had a couple episodes all about that stuff. I feel like you've got that on lock. I mean, what an amazing way to differentiate yourself in the industry. I mean, someone who's got your website open and they're also looking at other designers' websites, like there's no comparison. Like if they are drawn to that, which like, it's so fun. It's so like, it's fun and playful, but not like in a cheap way and like an expensive mm. way, if that like <laughs> makes sense. But those people are going to resonate with that. So if you guys are curious about like what we're talking about, we'll um, talk about the URL and like, you know, the Coming Up Roses. I think it's Coming Up Roses Co. on Instagram. Yeah, dot .co. Mm-hmm. .co. Yeah. So that's a, you know, a great case study in a brand that is like truly like living in every single part of a brand identity. Cause it's so much more than, you know, the, it's so much more than just a logo, the cliche content piece for brand designers is a brand is so much more than a logo. So yeah, just wanted yeah. to give you that compliment because I'm literally obsessed with everything. Like you don't even like, even on like the, the pages where it's like about, it's like, not even, it doesn't even say that. It says like something else, but you know that it's the about page. It just is branded. Like I feel like in every single little essence, I guess. Thank you. Yeah. I always mm-hmm. say, find out what makes you weird and emphasize that. So positioning is really just that. It's like, what makes you unique? What makes you um, you? And amplifying that. And often it's the things that we're like shamed about that are the things that actually will attract our people. So for me, it was always like feeling messy or feeling like too much or too loud. And now I feel like my brand, it like it's very imperfect. Like I like to have like imperfect shapes, a lot of just like just imperfections all or around. Panic, like, like yeah, it just feels yeah. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Like hand drawn things. Like I like yeah. it to just feel a little bit like a bit messy because I think that perfectionism is something that is impossible to achieve. And yeah, so exactly what you said, just finding out what makes you weird, emphasizing that. And that's all positioning is in my in my humble opinion. Yeah. And I mean, that's something that we work on with our clients so much too. Like that's been a conversation I've been having with a couple of friends recently is like just how much coaching <laughs> goes into being a brand designer, you know? And like, setting clear boundaries and, you know, having clients pay you for consultation and like making it clear about what someone is going to receive from working with you as like a brand designer consultant, you know, versus just a freelance designer who's you're hiring to create graphics or whatever. So totally love all that. Okay. So let's do our intro question. Kelsey, what movie or book character do you most identify with? Hmm. That's a really good question. I really love 
just kids. Did you say book? I could say book as well. Yeah, movie or book or any character. Okay, cool. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, I really love Patti Smith and Just Kids. I don't know if like I feel that akin to like her art or like the way she acts specifically, but that's a book I always revisit because of her bravery as an artist. Uh, she's someone who really just went for it. There's a scene in the book where she um, goes up to do her poetry for the first time in front of people and just like bravely shows up, doesn't know what she's doing. And what she ends up doing is creating like an entirely new art form and becoming like this huge, you know, star in New York society and really like kind of starting her own genre of music in a way. And I think like she's such an original and she always has been. And she's always just like done creativity and creative things to be just because of it. Um, she combines a lot of different art forms to make her own. So I think like Patty Smith and Just Kids, like her innocence going into New York and like trying to make it in the art world and and the way she sacrifices her like so many things in life just to like be creative. And that's like the only thing that drives her. And the way that she creates community in the process, I think is forever inspiring to me. And that's why I always go back to reading that book. And every time I read it, I get I get more from it. It's it's like one of my favorite books. Oh so I'd gosh, say her, but maybe like the LA version of her. Because yeah. <laughs> I think I'm like a bit more bright and sunny and I'm not very punk rock in the way that she is. But I yeah. identify with with aspects of her spirit and her drive. Wow. That was an amazing answer. I'm going to have to pick that book up. Who is the author? Patty Smith. So it's called Just Kids. Oh, and it's all, oh by yeah. Patty Smith. Okay. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's called Just awesome. Kids. It's a it's an autobiography of her life in like the 70s living in New York with her best friend, Got it. Robert Maplethorpe. Um, yeah. Got really it. recommend it. Okay. It's such a good book. Oh, yeah. I, I love getting book recommendations from other people because I'm a serial like start the book and then get like the halfway through and then like, do I continue reading it? Or like, if I don't love it and I'm like, am I wasting my time? Should I like go with something else? But like when I get a recommendation from someone, I'm like, okay, this is a good book. Like I'm going to read the whole thing all the way through. And so I have like a stack of like five books on my bookstand right now that I'm like slowly like working my way through. But especially with the holiday season, there's definitely a little bit more time to read. So I'll be- Yeah, it has to hook you in. I think like I'm the same way with books. I tend to just like music because I guess because I used to work in music. I like music autobiographies a lot because they're such wild stories, but they're true. So I think that's cool. But I just read like a historical fiction book. I forget what it's called because I'm on the spot. It's like based on history, but it's fiction. And I really liked it. So I think that might be my new favorite genre (laughs) outside of music. That is one of my favorite genres for sure is historical fiction. One of my favorite all-time books, and this isn't an answer to this question, All the Light You Cannot See. That, oh, like, yes. One, I've heard of that. Walter Prize. Like, oh my goodness. If you, if, if you or anyone listening is a huge fan of historical fiction, I have never read a book that is more well done than this book. It's from like the eyes of children in World War II, France, and Germany. And Ooh, I think I'll read it. I've heard of it. US as well. Oh my goodness. It won like every single prize the year that it came out. And the author mm. has like written other books too that I like definitely want to read. But 
yeah, that is, I need to go back and read it again, honestly, because it was so good. It's like, a, it's a, it's a novel. It's a thick one, but it's, it's amazing. So my answer probably isn't going to feel as like elevated as yours um, to this question. Um, but if you guys, so I can't picture like someone specifically, but if you guys can think of a combination of Hermione from Harry Potter and Aaron from The Office, I know it's a TV show, but like, <laughs> That is, I feel like, I feel like that is who I am because Erin, like they make fun of her because, you know, she's not the brightest on the office. So I don't know if I necessarily relate to that as much because Hermione is like really like book smart and stuff like that. So, but like Erin is super bubbly and she's always really like positive and optimistic. And like, that's something Mm. that I strive for. I actually had a blog back in the day when way back before Tumblr became the Tumblr that it is today. I was on Tumblr like all the time before it got like dirty and nasty and all that stuff. My blog was called Limitless Optimism. And I think I might've mentioned this on the podcast before, but I just was always that like sunny, happy person to the point where like someone in middle school told me, Jen, why are you so happy all the time? It's honestly annoying. And I feel like ever since then, like I have been almost like a little self-conscious of it. I mean, like girls can be so mean and like high school middle school so like whatever but if that's like the thing that someone says to me that they have a problem with like I'm honestly okay with that like (laughs) I'm like well like I said find out what makes you weird exactly um and now I have podcasts where I get to like talk to people and like connect with people and interview people so totally but yeah so the bubbly positivity of Erin and like she just has this like lightness like she she brings this like full attention to every conversation that she has. And she's so like locked on. And then Hermione, like, I mean, I was also kind of a nerd in high school. So that, but like, I feel like there's this like bravery that she has. Obviously the sorting hat sorted her into Gryffindor for a reason, but like she just, she loves knowledge and learning and growing, but she also like is willing to break the rules and like do things her way. So I feel like if there was like a combo of those two characters, that would be me. So hopefully that makes sense. I love sense. it. Totally. <laughs> Thank you. Okay. So let's get started with our conversation. Um, I feel like we've already chatted so much, which is awesome. But I want to go, I want to rewind. I want to learn more about your story working in the music industry. I know in your bio, you mentioned Coachella. I think you mentioned working with Katy Perry or working for Katy Perry in some capacity, maybe through Coachella. And I would love also to know how you use your past experience in that life in your work today. Yeah, that's a great question. So I started my career in music. I was like an assistant at a theater, but it was under this big umbrella called AEG Live, which is like Live Nation and AEG Live are like the two biggest promoters in the US. Live Nation was the one that like owns Ticketmaster and there was that whole like Taylor Swift debacle recently. So um, did I miss something? (laughs) Yeah, you might have missed it. But basically like Ticketmaster, yeah, there was like a whole ticket debacle. Um, But AEG is like the other side. So AEG is like the competitor to Live Nation and they have like their own ticketing platform. But anyway, just to give some context. So I pretty quickly in my 20s, like moved up the ranks there from like assistant to coordinator to like the social manager of, because this was back in like 2015, 2016. So like social media was still considered like an intern's job. And I was there like, come on, this is how we're going to market our shows. Because I worked in like the marketing 
and promotion part of the business. So basically like they'd book shows or tours like Katy Perry or, you know, Coachella. And then we'd like market it. Coachella didn't need marketing because it sells out. But so I was the one being like, let's do social media. Come on guys. And they were like, uh, no, you can just keep doing that as part of your, as part of your job. You can just keep doing that as part of your job, but we don't need like a, a full-time person there. But eventually after like a year, they started to realize, okay, actually like billboards and, you know, whatever they would use to use to market shows, they're not really cutting it anymore. We do need to start doing more on social media and learning about that platform. And now it's like their entire department is digital marketing. There's like no traditional marketing is like very small sliver where it used to be like the whole thing. Um, it used to be like radio commercials and things, you know, and they still do that a bit, but like it's a it's a much smaller budget than than what it used to be. So that's when I came where I came in and I was like, all right, let's do content marketing. And that's really how I learned about, yeah, like the power of a visuals and language to spark emotion and make people want to move and buy tickets and be part of something, right? Like that's my background. And then from there. I, yeah, just continued to do that. I ended up going to an agency for a while, still working with AEG, but on like the agency side and heading up that team. And then that's when I started working with a lot of creatives in really close proximity, people who were doing like graphic design and motion graphics. And I was like, ooh, what they're doing seems like a lot more fun than what I'm doing. How do I learn what they're doing? And that's when I would um, start to take little classes online and stuff and eventually took the I Love Creatives Squarespace course. Oh my gosh, I took that as well back in the day. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like everyone, like that was like their foray oh, yeah. into that was, like, a big thing. Yeah. So once I once I took that, I like I got the the wheel started turning and I was like, I'm gonna do my own thing. I had read like so many like girl bossy books, you know, being like that's yes. how you make, you know, that's how you you can like do your own thing. But I still didn't really feel like it was possible. But it wasn't until I moved to Australia that I was like, okay, I almost like needed to because my life in LA was so enmeshed in the music industry. I, I don't know if you can relate to like maybe a past job where it's like, this is my identity here, you know, like I would go to festivals every weekend. I would go to concerts every night. Like my all my friends worked in music. So it felt really like how do I leave this? Like, who am I outside of it? But actually like moving to Australia, it was like, I had enough distance to be like, okay, I'm like many things outside of my career in music. And then I left and just started like freelancing really and tried to figure out what I wanted to do. I did a bit of like PR because I thought maybe like I had done a little bit of PR at like Coachella and stuff. So I was like, oh, maybe, maybe that's the route, but hated that. I tried just like freelance graphic designing, but it took like a couple months. And then I was like, Ooh, I really like designing. I like doing websites, but most of all, I think like because of my background in content marketing for music, I really like the process of like building a brand and like using language and visuals to connect with your ideal audience, figuring out what makes you weird and really putting that into action. And I think that's what Coming Up Roses is like best at is working with people and not just being like, oh, here's a pretty graphic, but being like, like not just being like, here's a pretty graphic, but being like, 
here is your work, like brand universe and like, let's figure out how you can play and explore. And like, what does your launch look like? Like, how are you bringing people in? Like, what's the long-term plan? I never just want to leave people with like a website and be like, bye, like figure it out. Like, I want to make sure I feel kind of like what you were saying, I guess, like a combination of like some kind of coaching into, I call it like creative consulting, like into their new brand world, you know? And I feel like that's a great way to just elevate your services. And I mean, we get questions all the time about like, well, how do I, how do I show up as an expert? Like, how do clients pay me more? Like, how can I get people to trust me? Like using language around like, Hey, you know, if you need a freelance graphic designer, that's great. But if you want to work with me, you know, you're going to get a a creative consultant to walk alongside Mm -hmm. you as you build or as you launch, like, just the difference between those two. Like, I mean, which one do you guys think is going to cost more than creative consulting, you know? So I love that. Yeah. And yeah, I think, you know, there's different stages of business. I think when I started out, I was very much that approach of just like, whatever you want, like we'll do it. Same, same. Sure. You have a pulse, you have a wallet. Can you pay me a dollar? Like, let's go. (laughs) Totally. And there's a time and a place for it. So if you are listening to this and you're like, how do I get there? Like, it takes time. Like not only did it take me like two years or like a year, I guess, to really like feel like I had a great position. And like, I worked with a lot of coaches. I invested like a lot into my own support and growth. Mm -hmm. And I had 10 years of working for one of the biggest companies in music behind me. So like, I have a lot more confidence, I think, than maybe someone just starting out. But it doesn't mean you can't cultivate that. It just means like, I think a lot of people look at my business and where it's at at year two, but they don't see the 10 years of content marketing experience at one of the biggest companies in music behind me or the tens of thousands of dollars I've invested into coaching behind me. Like there's, I always get the support where I need it. And that's always fostered me to bloom like maybe way quicker than someone who's just like, how do you do this? Like I always seek the mentors and seek the support where I need it. Yes. And I know that you either are currently working with or just work with Morgan. And I just want to give a shout out to Morgan Rapp. I mean, I feel like we, we name drop her at least once every single episode, just because she was so instrumental in building my business and building Esther's business through Design Mm -hmm. Biz Mastery, her group coaching program. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure people know that she also does one-to-one coaching, but I did coaching with her for a year. I don't think she talks about it as much just because there's just limited spots available. But like Mm -hmm. that was incredible to like have someone as seasoned as her like one-to-one attention calls, boxer, like, like to this day, the best thing that I've ever invested in, in my business, hands down. Totally. Yeah. I work with her one-on-one as well. She's great. I think like find the people in the space that have walked before you that want to, that you want to be like, right? That you're like, oh, they have something figured out. I would love my business to look like theirs. I like the thing I love about Morgan is how she's like a mom of five kids and like has still, because we're both moms. And you don't see a lot of people in the space that have their kids and are like still running a successful business and understand those really specific nuances of like holding both things of being a mom and being a business owner. They're like both a lot to hold. So 
that's why I always like want to reinvest back into Morgan because I just feel like she understands the nuances that maybe some other coaches might not. Um, but again, it's like find that person for you. There's so many people out there that do programs and masterminds. and But I just think like get support because it'll only help you grow faster and, and help you during those times when you're like, what am I doing? <laughs> like, I know. why am I doing this? Yes. Like I've just, there were so many moments like that for me. Like, I mean, still, I feel like, I don't know. I'm looking at, I mean, this is like totally off script, but like next year, I don't know. Like, well, so every year up until now, my highest business expense has been in education for myself, coaching courses, just learning new skills. Like I will just shell out because I know that I see that money back so much more, you know, like I worked with a marketing consultant one-to-one for a six month container this year, which was so eye-opening and incredible. And like next year, I'm like, I don't know, like what's kind of like on my docket for like pouring into me, you know, Mm. like, and I, I almost think like maybe like a mindset coach or something. Like I, I feel like I'm building these like upper levels of like monthly income where I'm like, wait, like, why do I think I can't? make more than that a month or whatever, you know? So maybe something yeah. like that. But yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm thinking about like what, what that next step looks like for me because I'm like, oh, like maybe I'll just like fly solo. But like, I know that like when I fly solo, I just get in my head so much. I just like need someone else to like talk to. Um, totally. So maybe I'll do like yeah, a I'm mastermind or something. I've never done, yeah. I've never done a mastermind before. Have you? I have. Yeah. I really like group things. They kind of serve different purposes. So it depends if you like need that kind of like person in your pocket that you can just like tap into anytime. It's good to have a one-on-one person, but masterminds are great for the like, it's almost like that hive mind mentality where you just like, you're around people really consistently that are growing and that are at the same level or or beyond you. So they like, Mm -hmm. you almost like expand by like osmosis, you know? So they're both kind of solve different, different things, but I think they're both really powerful. In an ideal world, I would be in both, but usually I just opt for the one-on-one because that's what I feel like my, my core need is at this stage in business. Yeah. There's so many, there's so many options and so many cool programs. I'm like, especially with Black Friday and everything. <laughs> but for mindset stuff, there's also like just therapy. And like, I have like a hypnotherapist who like helps me with a lot of those like stories that are just recurring yeah. and those patterns that um, are holding me back. Right. So there's some mm-hmm. things where I'm like, get a coach for sure. They're awesome. But then there's some things where I'm like, you know, maybe you need a therapist or maybe you need like a hypnotherapist or yeah, something that like there are like, maybe it's trauma. Like you need someone who's more trauma informed. Like I run a program called GYOB. That's all about growing your own brands, but I'm not trauma informed and I'm not a therapist. So like I, I can help you grow your own brands, but if you have like intense limiting beliefs around your abilities or your income, like that's where someone who's a trained professional should be kind of helping you through. I'm really wary of coaches who try to act like therapists because, you know, Mm -hmm. there's like people go to school for, for many years for that. And I think, yeah. Or, you know, there's people who like my hypnotherapist, shout out Jessica Boston. She's super trained in like the art of hypnotherapy and like, she's been doing it for 20 plus years and she works with like celebrities and stuff. She's like, 
big, big, amazing. And like, that's her core focus is helping people through their stories and their trauma, like seeing her for something specific like that in tandem with working with someone who's helping you with the bigger business picture of your, of your business. I think people often make the mistake of trying to like solve all their problems in one program. (laughs) Like that's just not a reality, unfortunately. And it's time too. Like, like you said at the beginning, like so much of the confidence that you might be missing or like, you know, listeners, listeners that you might be missing or like knowledge that you're missing. Like I fall into this trap of like, I don't know this thing. I need to know it by the end of the day tomorrow. Or like, I don't know how to do this program. Like I need to have it like on lock by the end of this project. And it's just like, that's just not how business works. And it's not how life works. Like we're all a combination of all of our life experience, lived experience, trauma, positivity in our lives. And so, you know, like that's something that I'm trying to constantly remind myself of is it like, okay, Jen, like you have time, like you don't have to know everything right now. Like, and that's actually, if you guys go back and listen to one of our episodes, um, I think it's uh, advice to our younger selves. We like both me and Esther, like wrote down little advice, um, like letters to past Jen and Esther, which was such like an amazing just experience just to do that exercise, let alone record it and share it with everybody. Both of us were like, slow down. Like mm-hmm. you don't have to have it all figured out right now. You're doing great. Pick one totally. thing today that is going to help you move the needle forward or take a shower, get out of bed, send an email, close your computer. Like maybe that's all you need to do, you know? And so I, I just, I mean, this is like, so like off topic, which is totally fine. That's what the podcast is for. But, um, I just, I don't know, was thinking about that while you guys were chatting about this. Yeah. I love that. I think also like you build resilience in business through doing things that are hard. 100%. Um, and a lot of people just stay in this like rumination situation where it's just like safe it's like so safe and fun to be like, oh, what are my services? Oh, what's my process? What's my systems? Yeah. What's my content plan? But then like not actually putting anything into practice. So mm-hmm. I think like the thing I kind of mentor people around the most is just like taking messy action um, yeah. and that being okay. And like building resilience in that way through that. And then through building resilience, being able to hold a lot in business. You know, we, we're moms, we have businesses, we hold a lot. Like maybe I've been conditioned from working in the music industry as well, but like it takes a lot to get me stressed and overwhelmed. <laughs> like I just have a really good capacity for, for work and, and resilience. And I think that is like the biggest secret weapon in, in entrepreneurship is like, how much can you hold and how much can you withstand? Because it's not the easy route. It's it's a yeah. difficult road. And yeah, the people who who do well are the ones who continually take action and learn and either fail or, you know, you know, you just have to keep planting seeds and figuring it out. Slow down for sure. Like there's seasons to kind of like push and there's seasons to lay back and watch your flowers grow. But like, you know, just being in motion and, and moving is a is a nice in my experience has been the thing that's kept me learning and kept me unstuck. I think a lot of people get stuck. Yeah. Or they think like, Ooh, someone has something figured out that I don't like, let me read another book. Let me listen to another podcast or let me like, (laughs) um, (laughs) you know, which I love podcasts. So that's not, I'm just saying like that, that mentality of like, Ooh, let me take another Mm -hmm. course. It's like, 
no, just like you pro- just think like, what if I know everything I need to know right now to like have the dream business that I want to have and just like act from that place? Oh, I love that so much because I mean, like there's just, I mean, we're going into, as we're recording, we're going into Black Friday week. We're going into the holiday season. I'm seeing like a lot of like sales and launches and I just had a launch, which is super fun. So like, not like there's nothing wrong with that, but there is something about trusting yourself and knowing when it's time to invest versus when it's time to just kind of like fly solo a little bit. And I had a lot of conversations in the DMs over the past couple of weeks with designers um, as I was talking about my program. And a lot of them were saying, you know what, like, I think this looks awesome. But right now, like, I, I just kind of want to like implement some things and just Mm -hmm. try some things out. And I was like, heck yeah, I love that. That's amazing. Like, let's stay in touch. You know, like I, I think it's cool to see people trusting themselves. And, um, I'm always thinking about like, can I grow to a place where I can trust myself to make decisions? Because I'm, I'm always thinking like, oh, well, if I don't have a coach, like, you know, who's going to answer this question for me? Like, ultimately, like I want to be able to answer this for myself. You know what I mean? So, oh, totally. you guys, but packaging has always kind of intimidated me a little bit. Like I've got brand and web design down, but when I work with product-based businesses, I always feel a little out of my element. Like what am I not asking about? What's crazy is that product-based businesses are booming right now and packaging design is in high demand. So I just want to know everything that I can about it. And our good friend, Lauren from LB Creative, who was actually on our podcast back in season 5, episode 4... We talk all about packaging design. She is a genius and she is now sharing her information with us in her course, Packaging Design Master. And the course just covers so much like pitching, selling, designing packaging for your clients. And I wish that I had this before I started my project. Yes. I was actually just taking a peek through the course and there's a module on the different printing techniques that you can use, like screen printing and like kind of all of those things, like some words I'd never even heard of before. And I was just thinking like, what an amazing way to provide more value to your clients by educating yourself around some of these more technical pieces so that you can have a really just great conversation with, you know, pitching a client or talking to a current client about packaging, which can kind of feel a little scary. I think that's probably one of the biggest takeaways is like you can learn how to talk the talk and then the clients will see you as more of an expert. You'll feel more like it and be able to have the best experience too. There's also a bunch of course bonuses and guest expert trainings on things like charging high ticket, Pinterest strategy, and sustainable packaging, Esther. (laughs) Yes, I love sustainable packaging. I'm super excited to dive into that actually because there's a lot there. So set yourself apart from the competition with a specialized and niche skill of packaging design. Visit packagingdesignmaster.com and use the code BETTER to get $50 off of your enrollment. If you want to take a peek into the course, you can also sign up on the website and get access to your first three lessons for free. I would love to chat about the topic of our conversation today. Just for oh, our yes. listeners, we promised you guys talking about your services page. And I know, Kelsey, this is something that's really important to you and that you're really passionate about. Um, And so I would love to know, tell us what a sales page means or looks like to you and what you see designers missing out on when they focus on crafting a services page for their websites. 
Yeah. So this is a topic I care a lot about because as a website designer, I think like back in the day or like a, a year ago, I was just like looking for some inspo for like service pages that I was building for a client because I work with a lot of service providers and they were all just like pages with like bullet points of like, this is what we like. We have a brand design package and like, here's what, here's the deliverables included. We have a website design package. Here's the deliverables. Here's what's included. And then that was like all that was on their services page. And so what you do when that's what is on your services page is you just like position yourself as a kind of generalist, someone who can like do everything. And you all like, you're not telling people like why they need this, why you, any of those kinds of things. So they're just saying like a bullet point list and it's giving like freelancer service provider instead of like expert brand. And my whole thing is that coming up roses takes you from service provider to brand. I'm really passionate about helping people position themselves as a brand that people want to tap into and want to explore and buy from multiple times rather than someone who's just like a freelance service provider that's like, what do you want? Here's what I can give you. Like it's a different energy. So to me, a sales page is really immersive experience of what it is like to work with someone, right? And typically they're something that like programs or coaches or product consumer brands use, right? Like say a consumer brand sells like a revolutionary toothbrush and the sales page is like, here's all the features. Like here's why our, our toothbrush is the best toothbrush for you. And it's better than the other toothbrushes. Here's the reviews. And it's like compelling. And you're like, damn, I want that toothbrush. Like that is the toothbrush for me. It should do the selling for you, right? And like selling is a really touchy term in our community for some reason. I don't know why. I have no problem with it. So if you're listening to this and you're like, ooh, sales, like maybe I'm not the person for you because I think like we're in business. We sell. That's all that means. But Basically, a sales page is that. It's like a beautiful, compelling page that should make people have a no-brainer, like, hell yes, I want to work with this person over the next person or, you know, just I want this service. And it just boggled my mind that we're like trying to sell these 10, you know, you hear the number one thing I hear from designers. It's like, how do I charge more? How do I get more clients? How do I charge 10K? I want to hit a 10K month. Like, this is the thing. But the way they're presenting themselves is as a bullet point list of services. It's like, oh, that's why you're not selling your services or that's why people aren't valuing you because the way you're presenting yourself and the way you're selling is here's a bullet point list. Like that's not the vibe. So I started this whole like service to sales page so that designers, creatives, people in service-based industries could buy an easy product to plug into their existing website and it has like all the sections outlined so that you can actually present your services in a really compelling way. Um, so yeah, that's, I hope that explains it, but it's, it's pretty simple when you think about it. But for some reason, it's like a pretty revolutionary idea in our industry because I think we spend so much time learning skills and getting our processes together, but we don't 
actually learn about what it is to run a business, what it is to market and sell yourself. And because of my background in content marketing that I explained, like I'm really good at that stuff. So I try to like shepherd people into like, okay, you've got your skills, you've got your processes, forget about that stuff. Like no one cares. Like, why do you buy your favorite brands out on the market today? Because for some reason they've marketed and communicated and created compelling visuals to make you want to buy that thing. And how can you create that same experience for your services that you've worked so hard to create and cultivate? A hundred percent. I feel like it's kind of we've going off of the series of guest interviews and podcast episodes that we've had, like kind of going live at the end of the season. We've been talking a lot about positioning. We've been talking about a lot about sales and it's about moving away from the deliverables and moving towards the value. And so that's been a conversation kind of like almost like a little workshop series that we've been doing um, on the pod as we, as we near the end of the season. I love this shift from like, hey, we've got this on lock. We are experts at, you know, Shopify or show it website design or e-commerce brands or service-based brands or whatever it is. It's kind of like, I've never had a client ask me what my GPA was in college. You know, like no one cares, unfortunately. I mean, like not, not unfortunately, but like that, that could be a good thing for a lot of people out there. Maybe you didn't go to college. Maybe you don't have a college degree. Like people care about the work and the results that you do. And so I think this is an amazing product. Is it a template or is it a mini course or both? So right now it's a template, but I'm relaunching it in 2023 to be more of like a course. There's going to be like copywriting elements to it. And there's going to be just a lot more resources within it. There's like a positioning workshop in it. So yeah, look out for that in 2023. But I always say like, don't tell information, sell the transformation. I always think like, what are the products that I buy? I just bought, bought like all new Charlotte Tillsbury Charlotte yeah. Tillsbury? Is that the right Char- word? Tillsbury. Oh, Tillsbury. Yeah. Like the Pillsbury <laughs> Doughboy? Um, no, I just bought all new <laughs> Charlotte Tillsbury products. And it was because I kept getting advertisements for them and seeing them on TikTok and seeing like how yes. freaking good people looked. And I'm not even in like a makeup girl, but like I bought all their sh- all their stuff. Yeah. I actually just bought the lip liner too. And the like the little yeah. lip mini kit from Sephora. It was like $25. And it yeah. was like a tiny little like lip liner and a tiniest little lipstick. And I'm like, wait, they got me with this. Cause one of my favorite influencers, she is obsessed with Char- Charlotte Tilbury and they sent her this like PR box and like with full size products and everything. And she's like, yeah. she's been doing the like lip liner and clear gloss trend, which I know is like so big on TikTok right now. And so I went and bought the Charlotte Tilbury Pillow top, pillow top lip liner. And I know I was influenced. And you know what? I'm I'm okay with that. Like, and then I got I know, the Fenty Beauty, like glass slipper gloss. And I've been doing the liner and gloss look. And I just feel oh, different you should about post myself. It for this web <laughs> for this episode, I would love to, oh my gosh, to see a tutorial a to tease the episode. <laughs> Literally becomes a beauty influencer. No. Yeah. <laughs> but like but, it just I I completely agree about like it's yeah. I mean, branding is the way that the audience feels about the product or service. That's yeah. what it is. I mean, like that's a Marty Neumeyer quote. You guys can go look up in uh, The Brand Gap is one of his mm-hmm. books. He also has the brand vocabulary dictionary or brand dictionary. Yeah, I think something it, like it that. In there. Such a good... I should I, read his books for how much I 
how much I bang oh on God. about branding. I should read his it, books. It, it get the, just get the brand gap. Any, anyone who's listening, like I don't, we have an Amazon affiliate link. I don't even know what it is. Just go to Amazon and get the brand gap or ask for it for Christmas or something. You can literally read it in a day. It's like really graphic, really, really big text, just a lot of great quotes. So, so good. And so like when we're talking about like, I love what you said, sell the transformation. Like that's, that's what branding is. And so you're even giving your audience or your potential client a glimpse into the transformation they could sell to their audience during your sales process before before they even inquire with you. I mean, it starts from someone looking at your sales page. So I love that you are educating other designers around this really foundational piece of the sales process because it is part of the sales process. You're going from services to sales. You're starting to talk about the transformation before you're even getting them on the call. And so this is absolutely something that I want to implement on my website. Right now I have a capabilities list. It's pretty bare bones. It's just like, hey, here's what our capabilities are. Let us craft a custom package for you and then like inquire. There's not like a lot of other information on that page. So there's so much opportunity, I feel like, for me to infuse that with the like amazing questions and conversations I'm having on sales calls with clients. It's like, why not use some of that content like actually on your website? So Totally. Yeah. I always say if you like aren't sure what your transformation is to like talk to your past clients and be like, what did I help you with most? Like, what were you struggling with most when you came to me? Like, I'm all about the market research. I even reach out to like my ideal clients and I'm like, hey, I would love to work with you. Like, what are you looking for in a brand designer? Like, get that, um, get that language from other people and implement it into your page and get a bit salesy. There's like nothing wrong with that. I, I think let's like... Let's claim that word. Can we, can we claim that yeah. word for 2023? Let's own I that. I think we let's, should. Let's get a little salesy. I love that. <laughs> totally. I think that's like, that should be the number one focus of your business if you run a business. Yeah. Obviously you want to do great work. Obviously. Like get that down. But once you feel good and stable in, in your services, like it's all about refinement. Like, what are you best at? Like, what can you productize? Like, I used to do custom everything. And now I'm like, ooh, like VIP days are like super profitable, super easy, oh, yeah. such a sweet spot. Like, that's, I wanna sell more of those in 2023. I like intensives. They're really quick, they have a set number of deliverables, the transformation super clear and clean. Like love those. Don't love custom so much. It drags on. It's a lot to manage. I get sucked back into the weeds of my business where I don't want to be. So I'm phasing that out in 2023. And then making the sales pages for each of these services becomes really easy because there's a very set number of the transformations very clear. I think where it gets where people have trouble explaining the transformation is because you haven't been clear enough about what your services are and what your special sauce as a designer or service provider, whatever you do is. So it's also a great opportunity to be like, oh, what's really special about me and how can I make like really clean, clear packages for all of my services and just simplify, you know? Let it be easy. That's something that I feel like I've carried through my career is like, I tend to overcomplicate things. And then I'm like, wait, okay, I started this business so that I could... It could just be easy and I could only work five hours a day and take every Friday off. It's like, okay, how can I go from whatever's happening in my brain right now to making it really clear and simple? Totally. So 
I would love if we could like walk through your arrangements page on your website. Sure. Not giving away too much information that's in the template. To open it up. But if anyone is listening, maybe you're in the car or you can't pull this up, but I thought it would be fun for even for if you guys are listening to pull it up on your phones and like kind of take a look through some of the visuals and some of the copy that we'll be talking about. And I'm curious too, from the standpoint of a person who wants to implement this in my own business. Um, So would you walk us through just some of the different sections on your page and like why you chose to include them and why in that order? Sure. Yeah. I just have like one overall services page at the moment. Um, but in the like relaunch of my sales page, service to sales page, like course that I'm doing in January, I'm actually building out individual pages for my VIP and my intensives. So those haven't like actually relaunched yet, but they are launching in 2023. But I'll take you through my like overall sales page for all of my services. The top is really like the value proposition, like what I bring to the table and like what the value of my services is with a little bit of an overview of like who we are and and like speaking to like the main issue of of our customers, which we see is like they feel stuck in the weeds. They're doing everything. They're busy service providers. And we come in and kind of like create their entire brand ecosystem through design and like brand and website design so that they can like focus on what they do best, right? So then if you scroll down, um, it kind of goes into each of those services that can help them get there. Um, and they kind of come out and that's more like the nitty gritty information. I love this cover state, by the way, in the our arrangements section. That's what you're talking about, right? The yeah. section. It's so beautiful. Is this Webflow? Webflow, yeah, yeah. Webflow is just so incredible. I know. Um, we made this switch over the summer. Um, I just got to the point in my business where I'm making a- enough money that I don't need to be doing my website or or focusing on updates and stuff. So I'm lucky enough to have partnered with Twin Ferns, who's an amazing Webflow developer nice. um, and systems person. And she... Um, she like does my entire website, which is amazing. <laughs> so is I was like, awesome. I can finally get the website of my dreams where like there's a lot of cool stuff going on and Definitely I don't on have my to list touch it. For next year. <laughs> yeah. Cause that's been a big thing I feel like for me with like moving from show it to Webflow because like my husband is a legitimate like Webflow developer now. Like oh, beyond just Webflow, like he knows all these crazy like JS libraries. He's doing something called GSAP, which is a JS library that does a ton of like scroll-based animations that are so sexy and just amazing. Cool. But like, I mean, the thing that's been holding me back from really fully putting a lot of my clients on Webflow is just like, it's not as granularly customizable, I guess, from the like perspective of the person sitting in the seat as the client. And sometimes like, they're like, no, I want to have full control over like moving things around and like, Webflow is just, I feel like it's like the big brother of like some of these more like drag and drop builders because like the client can, yeah, they can swap out photos and like, you know, text and stuff like that. But like, it really is more of a like managed site experience, but there's also that comes along with that so much more flexibility in terms of like animation and like SEO and like, I don't know, it just feels like Webflow is like where things are going, especially for a growing studio that's working with larger and larger companies that care less about 
I want to go in and move everything around myself and more like I kind of just like want it to look the best that it can be. So yeah, I think that's where we went as well. Like I went from the part, I went from like being more DIY. I was just starting out. So Squarespace was great because I wanted to update it a lot and I I couldn't afford to outsource it. I wanted to be able to do it myself to now being like, oh, I don't want to touch my website. Yeah, I want someone else to always do it. So I just book in VIP days with Twin Ferns every couple of months and she does a bunch of updates at once. She's going to build out my new sales pages next month. And, you know, I never have to touch it. So that's like, it just depends on what stage you're at in business and what stage your clients are at. I still do a lot of building in Squarespace because most Mm -hmm. of my clients are actually at the stage where they want to DIY a lot of still. But I'm starting as I start attracting bigger budget clients, I'm starting to build a lot more in Webflow because they see my website too. And they're like, we want your website. And I'm like, okay, well... Do you have like 15 grand to spend on your website? Right. Because like that's how much a Webflow website is going to cost with all of these animation and hover effects. And also mm-hmm. like not everyone needs like all the bells and whistles. I wanted my website to feel really cool and engaging, but you know, you don't have to have that. So right. it's right. really all like what your customer needs and what you need and where you're at in business at this stage. Yeah. Yeah. Anyways. That's my level aside. <laughs> so the next section is like our USPs, our unique selling points. So it's like kind of the things that we're best known at for. We're cultivators. They design, we attract, we know how to grow. Then the next one is all about who we work with. So we like call out the specific people that we work with. So the creator who wants to stand out, the creative doing all the things and the brand ready to step into the next version. And I have pictures of like actual past clients that I've worked with. So cool. And then I have some testimonials. And that's really it. Like we, um, the sales page that I'm building out for like my VIP day and my intensives are going to be a lot more in depth. They're going to have like a lot more specific information. People are going to be able to book right through the page. So once that's ready, I'll um, share that with your community as well. Oh yeah. That would be so amazing. But I was going to say like this page feels more like a homepage to me. Like, I mean, obviously it feels like a sales page, but like it feels more just holistic than mm. what even my sales page looks like or my services page looks like at this moment in time or, you know, just the typical like services page layout that you might get with a like service-based business like template or something. It just feels right. more like, okay, this is going to be something that's bigger than just like, oh, I'm just hiring a website designer. Like right. this is going to be like, the next like 2.0 version of my business if I hire mm-hmm. and come and the studio, you know? So right. I really want the energy to be like coming up versus as a brand. We do different things. We like have services. Of course, we also have like trainings and programs and we have courses and templates. I want it yeah. to feel like it's a brand garden that people can like come to the website and tap into where they need, take what they need. And like, we're the brands that people tap into. I don't want it to give like energy where it's like, oh, I'm servicing your business. You know, it's like, we're the brand. Like you can walk into our store and like buy what you need and, and buy the transformation that you need. So that's like the shift in energy that I think like that I'm hopefully also helping other people get to when they work with us. Yes. And I feel like that's a perfect lead into the next question is like, how has this shift impacted your business in terms of legion and conversion? Um, and I also, a follow-up question to that is, did your sales process shift as well to like kind of make the whole thing like an end-to-end seamless experience? Um, and then what was that like for you? 
Yeah, I think the process of creating these pages is where the real value is. The action of like putting into practice, like what makes you you, what makes you unique, who you want to work with, what the transformation is. When you put that into a page that's really cohesive and easy to understand, then you're able to talk about it in a really cohesive, easy to understand way on a sales call. You're able to talk about it in a really easy to understand way on Instagram and on your other sales channels. So it's almost as if like the process of creating this page is like the practice that helps you be really great at sales and creating leads in other spaces. So it's it's definitely grown my business a lot. When I change my approach, I've quadrupled my income this year. And that's not only because of like being better at sales and better at positioning myself, but it's because I have gotten really specific about what the transformations are for my different packages and products. And therefore, I've been able to kind of splinter off. Like I'm not making one service solve all the problems anymore. So I'm not like, oh, here's a custom solution for everyone, right? I'm like, here's our packages. Here's the transformation. Um, and if you need if you need information on how to launch, like we have a a a training on that. If you need a group program, we have a training we have a group program. So there's like many different ways that people can tap into our brand universe. And I think the process of creating a sales page that can really define what you do, who you are, um, is a great first step in that in that process. So yeah, it's impacted my business massively in the sense of, now I know who we are, what we do. Um, and it's really clear to other people. If you're confused about what you do and who you are and, and who you work with, everyone else is going to be too. We've gotten really specific this year. And that's the difference from year one. I was very generalist, very freelancer, very service provider energy. Now I'm very like, this is what we do. This is who we are. And here's our transformation. And I think being more specific while I, I've resisted it for a long time because I hate the word niching and I hate that whole like yeah. thing. There's something to be said about being specific about who you work with and who you are. And I think that's really helped me get, get clearer and create that big brand statement. We take you from service provider to brand and all of our products kind of and services lay under that. And it's, yeah, that process has quadrupled my income. That is so incredible. Um, and I mean, Obviously, you have a really big like history and ex- like ten plus years experience. You said in the corporate world, and you are in year two of mm-hmm. coming up roses. Okay, yeah, that's incredible. Like that, that is just yeah. so amazing. Like, I also wanted to say, like, I can tell just in the way that you talk about your business and the language that you use when you're talking about, like, like you know your brand statement like right off the top of your head, like that is down pat. Like you are using messaging and language when you're, when you're speaking about like growth and ecosystem. And I mean, like everything is, is branded and it's not because you're like Mm -hmm. forcing it either. It's because it's ingrained in the way that you talk about your business. And I'm sure that manifests in content creation in you showing up on stories, um, in any type of content marketing that you're doing, like, I just wanted to like call that out and like celebrate that because I feel like that's not something that every designer out there has. And that's something that I aspire to, to be able to, yeah, this is my, this is my USP, you know, like just rattle it off. I mean, I probably Mm -hmm. would have to go and look in my like documents right now to like find what, like I had come up with with my messaging strategist. 
But I just, yeah, I wanted to celebrate that. I think that is so, so cool and admirable. Thanks. Maybe in the show notes, I have like a a framework for, it's called my ART framework. And it helps you kind of say like, this is our transformation. And it helps you with like what I call a transformation statement. So it's like a brand statement, but really it's like we take you from A to B. That's the service provider to brand. And I think that's more important than like a, a brand statement. And I really like anyone can go into the show notes and download that for free and yeah, try it for yourself. Cause I think getting clear on that statement and making it really easy and, and really memorable so that you can speak to it really well is a really great step toward this brand energy that I, that I always bang on about. Amazing. Okay. Yeah. Well guys check it. We'll make sure that that link is in the show notes for you guys. And that, that brings us to, you know, kind of wrapping up and learning more about your digital flower shop and the offerings that you have for brand designers. So tell us more about like all of the different, th- I know you've mentioned throughout the episode, but like all the different things that people can get, where they can find you um, and how they can learn more. Yeah, sure. I mean, I work with brand designers for sure, mostly, but I think, you know, in my last program, which is called Grow Your Own Brand. It's like an eight-week accelerator for brands to, or for service providers to become brands. We go through everything from like your offer ecosystem to um, sales, to marketing, to content. Uh, It's like kind of a mastermind to really accelerate um, that, close the gap between where you are and where you want to be in business. But we had like interior designers, we had social managers. So I, I always say like we work with just like service providers who like own creative businesses. But yeah, so we have GYOB. That's like our eight-week program. That's probably like the big thing we do once a quarter. And then we have, uh, you know, our brand and website services in our studio. So those are mostly intensives and BIP style, um, really weeding out doing custom projects because with my energy, it just isn't isn't something I really enjoy. I maybe take on one a quarter just because if the price is right and the client's right. Yeah, I've been the same way. I haven't done a custom website since I think February this year. It's totally. all been semi-custom. Yeah. Yeah, semi-custom or I have one custom website I'm doing right now, but the, you know, the budget was really, really high and the client is just like was dream, you know, and and he's been amazing and oh, it's been amazing. You. Uh, but I learned some hard lessons this year about signing people just because the budget's high. And then, yeah, so definitely like needs to be both <laughs> ideal client, no red flags and right. good budget. Yeah. So yeah. And then there's a million other ways to tap in. We have trainings. We have the Launcher Own Way training. It's a week-long training on how to like launch your products and market them because a lot of designers don't do that. A lot of service providers don't do that. And then we have like everything from social templates, um, notion templates, and yeah, I'm strategy calls. If you just want to pick my brain for an hour and get my advice around something really specific in your business. So yeah, check out my website coming up roses.co. Everything's there. And then we also have obviously the service to sales page template, but that's relaunching in 2023 just to be more of like a little mini course around how to build your sales page. And it comes with a template that you can either plug into Squarespace or Webflow. Uh, and it like has everything you need. You just plug it into your existing website and then well, we plug it into your existing website and then you just like fill it out basically. Oh, amazing. Yeah. Yeah. I love that you're doing Squarespace and Webflow just for like whoever wants to like join in. You know, like I think you said early in the episode, like 
you know, come into our store, come and take something yeah. off the shelf and look at it and see if it's the right fit for you. And you know, try out a couple things. It's like kind of like take what you leave, take what you need and leave the rest. Like I love that attitude because that type of energy is just so much, I don't know. I feel like it's just so much more high converting than like sales energy, you know, of, I mean, not, yeah. we're, we're using that word though. Right. So like that, that I is always sales call energy. it like conversational <laughs> sales. It's never like yes. for yeah. nine ninety nine, call 1-800 coming up roses. Like it's never that vibe. It's always just like, <laughs> no. uh, you know, hopefully there's something in here that you can learn and explore and grow from. And that's what I create products around, really seeing people's big challenges within the space and seeing how I can how I can help within my area of expertise. Wonderful. So yeah, go check out Kelsey's um, website, cominguproses.co or Instagram at cominguproses.co. And I'm sure... You guys can find all of the links that you'll need. We'll also have all of her links in the show notes and information on our Facebook post and our Instagram post for this week. So let's move on to our inbox question to wrap up the episode. Elizabeth Cooper asks, how do you keep your socials consistent while still sharing a variety of work? What do you think, Kelsey? Well, still sharing a variety of work. Do you mean like styles or? Yeah, I I think she might mean like styles, but then also like maybe you do different industries. Oh, or right. Like, yeah. Yeah. So I think um, there's the Aussie still lingering in my vocabulary. Right I now. heard it. I um, love it. <laughs> that and I can't shake the word reckon. I'm like, you know, like, do you reckon like this? pasta oh, for dinner I, or whatever. Just like, what? That. that doesn't... I'm in America for a year and I still say reckon. <laughs> but my husband's Australian, so maybe it's because of him too. Oh, but anyway, my response to this would be have a really clear transformation statement. So I go over this and launch her own way too. But basically like your offer ecosystem should always make sense underneath your big brand transformation statement. So if you sell soap and sell brand design services, then those should be like separate pages, you know? But if you do brand design and do programs and a podcast, it makes it all makes sense under the same transformation statement, right? Like you're helping designers learn more about whatever it is. Um, so it's consistent because you have that consistent transformation statement. And then hopefully you have a clear voice and clear branding and things that also create that consistency. But yeah, I would say... That is like the umbrella, that statement through which everything can really feel cohesive within your brand. Right. Yeah. So it's more about your brand than it is about your client work for this situation. Yeah. Um, That's the difference too, right? It's like, what's your brand? It's your brand. And like you can, you can use, like, I'm, I'm thinking more like just, I mean, I love everything that you said. Completely agree. A hundred percent. Um, I wanted to throw in like, if you know, you're thinking about like, oh, you have a, like, let's say you do like, you're still trying to figure things out. You might not have like a clear positioning yet. Like if you do like, if you did the logo or brand for like a construction company, and then you did one for like, like a feminine, like a feminine products brand, very different industries probably have very different looks. Utilize consistent mock-ups to be the like cover on 
a carousel and like maybe the ones that don't look as consistent with like your style, you can put them like later in the carousel or like you can share a reel, but then you can put like a real cover that has like your branding on it or something like that. I don't think that like designers should ever like hide their work unless it's something that they don't want to be attracting. And so that's another like, you know, another answer to this question is that like, if you are seeing a really wide, like almost like painful variety of like design styles that just don't jive with the ideal work that you want to be attracting, maybe consider like not putting some of those in your portfolio or like not sharing some of those on your socials. It is an amazing thing to be selective with the type of work that populates on your Instagram feed. I mean, as a designer who like the second most popular way that people find me before or after referrals is through Instagram, curating that feed is so important to me. And so that's something that I'm considering. Uh, I think Instagram as a whole, at least in like influencer space and stuff like that, I'm not like part of that at all. But like the people that I follow who are influencers, like they are moving away from the curated feed vibe and more to the like, it's not curated, but it's still kind of curated. Do you you know what I mean? Where it's like, oh, photo dump, but it's like all really aesthetic, but it's not the like styled like shoots of the like 2010 influencer scene, I guess. So I'm thinking about that when I'm like crafting my feed and like trying not to be too like nitty gritty with it. Cause I'm like, people just want to see my work, but at the same time, like, I don't know, I, I niche my style too. So that's like a consideration to think about. Not every designer niches by style or well, niche positioning mm. positions themselves in that way. So that's something to think about, but yeah, it goes back to your brand. <laughs> yeah. I definitely would say too, like content always beats out like design. So yeah. I would just mm-hmm. say like the design like obviously we're designers, so that does matter, but like the content matters more. Yeah. Well, Kelsey, I just wanted to say thank you so much for joining us. Um, I so appreciate your time. I know it's a limited resource as a mom. I totally get that. Um, and I'm so excited for this episode to go live and our listeners to hear and learn from you. Me too. Oh, Jen, I feel like I could have talked to you forever. Um, it's so great to connect with another mom and designer and, biz- and brand owner. So thanks for having me. And yeah, looking forward to catching up soon. Awesome. All right. Well, we will see you guys in next week's episode, which is going to be our last episode of season six. So crazy. Go and follow us on Instagram at Better Podcast. Join in our Facebook group, facebook.com slash groups slash Better Brand Designer. And keep up to date with all the stuff that's happening in the pod universe. Bye, guys. Bye. Bye, Jen. Bye, everyone. We hope you enjoyed today's conversation. Subscribe wherever you're listening to make sure you don't miss an episode. And we'd be forever grateful if you left us a review on Apple Podcasts. We bet you've got designer friends who'd enjoy it too, so share it with them. If you'd like to submit an inbox question for us to answer on air, or you want to get in contact with us directly, email us at inbox at betterbranddesigner.com. Our Facebook community is one of the most positive, supportive, and fun groups we've ever been a part of. We'd love for you to join us. Search for Better the Brand Designer Podcast on Facebook. If you love these conversations between designer friends and would like to support us, you can find us on Patreon at patreon.com slash betterpodcast. And visit us online at betterbranddesigner.com to learn more about our podcast and snag major discounts on our favorite resources. Special thanks to our producer, John, from Wayfair Recording Co. See you guys again next week.